It's Tuesday, the 4th of February, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, Hong Kong restricts travel to mainland China as Beijing accuses the United States of sparking panic in its response to the deadly coronavirus. Plus, why Brazil is jumping into the global streaming market. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. We begin with the latest in the new coronavirus outbreak. Canada has now Alarming new numbers coming out of China and other countries around the world. A total of 361 people have died in China. Uh, we are raising our travel advice to Australians for the whole of mainland China to level four, which is do not travel. The death toll from the coronavirus in mainland China has now surpassed that of the deadly SARS outbreak in 2002. As more countries increase their efforts to limit the spread of the virus, China has hit out against the United States, accusing it of causing panic after its decision to declare a public health emergency. That declaration in the US came after the World Health Organization declared a global health emergency. So is Beijing's accusation valid? Isabel Hilton is the editor of China Dialogue. It's certainly true that this fits a pattern of U.S. behavior vis-a-vis Chinese citizens, which has been growing in other sectors. For example, there have been a lot of stories about uh, U.S. Uh, about Chinese academics in U.S. universities being investigated by the FBI for possible industrial espionage. There's been a, a general growing suspicion, which looks very unpleasant. On the other hand, uh, it seems reasonable to take precautions. And if you're looking at at scares, the extreme measures taken by the Chinese government are are pretty alarming and probably quite ineffective. And even within China, we're seeing actions taken against people from Hubei and from Wuhan in other parts of China, which are actually far more unpleasant. I mean, the stuff circulating on social media, which, which includes, you know, people sealing up an apartment in, in, you know, which contained people from Hubei because they didn't want the rest of the block having any interaction. So, you know, this thing is doing very odd things to social consciousness and to people's behaviour. It's certainly worried about the financial damage. The the Chinese didn't want the the WHO to declare this a a global health emergency, partly because of reputation, partly because of all the complications that then set in. But, of course, China itself started these complications, failing to contain the virus when you could contain it in the first three weeks to a month from from its appearance, and then quarantining 30 million people. At what point is it? regarded as safe to lift that quarantine. At the moment, all the cases are, are, are multiplying in inside and beyond that quarantine. So they've, they've imposed a, a, a quarantine and a movement ban and shut down the economy. But it's not clear to me what victory looks like at this point. You know, when do you say, well, that worked, you can all go back to work. And that's, I think, a problem that they've created for themselves. And that has enormous implications for the domestic uh, and indeed the, the, the global economy. 
what will happen, as, as I'm sure it will happen, that the virus spreads to countries which are poor and with much less effective public health services. Pakistan, for example, which has a huge amount of coming and going with China. And then what do you do? Do you ban people who are traveling from Pakistan? I mean, the problem with travel bans is that if this is a global pandemic and it's spreading quite rapidly around the, the, the globe, logically, you should start imposing a ban on travel from those countries too. I can't see that's going to work. 卫生防护中心发出的指示是一般性给普通市民的指示。On Monday, Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam told media that almost all entryways to mainland China would be closed. More than two and a half thousand medical workers are now on strike, demanding that all entry from China be blocked in an effort to contain the coronavirus. Isabel Hilton says the situation is likely to heighten simmering tensions in the region. This plays into an an existing narrative in Hong Kong. One, that in 2003 a lot of people died in Hong Kong because of SARS. And two, because if there is anything more unpopular than Carrie Lam in Hong Kong at the moment, it's the government in Beijing. So, you know, it plays into the sense of grievance and frustration and rage in Hong Kong, which is a political situation that we've been looking at for months and you add something like this in and and of course you know she's under pressure if there were, if it were to take off in hong kong it would be very bad news As the world streaming market becomes increasingly competitive brazil has decided it wants a piece of the pie Here's Monocle's Fernando Augusto Pacheco. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hassenbeff Incorporated. The last mosquito that bit me had to book into the Betty Ford Clinic. You might think the streaming market is already saturated in the United States and Europe, but with the sector primarily dominated by Western companies, there is certainly room for a promising regional player. Enter Brazil, which is making its debut in the booming international streaming business this year. The country's largest media organization, Globo, premiered its streaming platform Globoplay in the United States in January. There will be a big event to celebrate the launch tomorrow. Brazil is going through a tough time with its image abroad, with a president often ridiculed on the international stage, so a little soft power from the culture world will come in handy. With their vast library of iconic telenovelas, such as Avenida Brasil, Global Play has already scored a big hit in Brazil, with more than 22 million users. Can it repeat the success abroad? Almost certainly. Brazilian TV is not so new to international audiences, especially global telenovelas, which have already been exported to more than 130 countries. Plus, the streaming service's first international foray will be in the U.S., where more than 1.4 million Brazilians live. It's healthy for the film industry not to leave Netflix to produce and promote regional productions around the world. Global Play produces its own original series too, eight in 2019, with plans for 16 in 2020. It's adapting to attract a younger audience who are craving a more fast-paced and cinematic touch to their products. Parabéns pelo seu trabalho como ativista. Essa é minha luta, lembra? Ecologia. First things first, I'm gonna say all the 
Among the series available in the U.S. service will be Aruanas, a hard-hitting drama series set in the Amazon about a group of women fighting against a mining company in the region. I'll be counting the days until the service is launched in Europe later this year. It's about time more people outside Brazil experience the excellent content of our sleek, sexy and dramatic soap operas. For Monaco, I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. My thanks to Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Elsewhere on today's agenda, the city of Vienna will trial a new app designed to reward car-free travel with cultural offerings beginning on the 26th of February. The app will log trips that involve walking, cycling and using public transport, rewarding greener journeys with tickets to the theatre, concerts, museums and art exhibitions. And Louis Vuitton opened a lavish new space in Japan at the weekend. Maison Osaka Midosuji is the work of architect Jun Aoki, and it looks a little bit like a series of sails referencing the old Hikagi Kaisen cargo boats that used to transport cargo between Tokyo and Osaka, as well as several shopping floors with interiors by the New York-based designer Peter Marino. The multi-story shop also incorporates the brand's first-ever cafe, Le Café V, and a restaurant, Sukalabo V. Read more about today's stories by subscribing to our daily email bulletin at our website. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Wednesday.